So, so uh, people are asking when we start recording if the lady says anything, and I didn't hear anything. Nothing. No ladies. No. Do you think it? Do you think it's just because like Shabiz isn't here, so the lady's like, I'm not going to talk to three strange <laughs> men that I don't know. No, the lady <laughs> never talks to us. Like regardless, she always it's, just talks to the. Always just talks to Shamiz. This this podcast passed the Bechtel test. <laughs> 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 Did it though? We're gonna have to listen. We're gonna have to listen to every episode now uh, to see if we pass the Bechtel test because obviously we can't. <laughs> but listen, yeah, just something something interesting, right? Um, if we had waited five days mm-hmm. to record our last episode, yes, it would have been our one year anniversary. Ah, interesting. Should, Did you know that? Someone, someone should probably keep track of that. Someone, someone uh, yeah, you know, you know, somebody who, somebody I'm not sure who could have done that. Um, <laughs> like, who's in charge of that, of record keeping or whatever. You know, but the happy guy... one year anniversary, guys. <laughs> you, I, I was about to say, I think it's the guy who's, who's like writing the IG and Africa page. Mm. You, should have, you should have informed us of this beforehand. I mean, like, you know, maybe he's busy. I don't know. There's things <laughs> going on. Who knows? Uh, but yes, happy one year anniversary. The first oh episode, The Abuse of the Kissing Booth, <laughs> <laughs> was published on the 25th of August, 2021. What did, what did I call it? Kissing Booth? That's another name I gave it that Shamiz refused it to say in public. I don't know. I can't remember. Freydus. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Yo. Did did you really I'm pretty sure that stands for Bolivia like <laughs> I can I can believe that's that. That's awful. Yeah, no, that sounds like something something Kerbin would say out loud in yeah. public. Our apologies, our apologies to to our loyal listenership in the, you know, there's been a big gap actually between uh episode 37 which is this one and episode 36. Um uh, slow cheating. Weird. Slow cheating Weird. is a is a is, is a big factor in there. Uh, I also uh, part of it was also I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast, but I'm sure I've tweeted about it. Um, as some of you might know, my, my mother has lung cancer, and on occasion, uh, you know that is uh, you know tragic in its own way. But on occasion, just I, I me and my brother need to sometimes help out and. Um, it keeps us away from doing things that we we enjoy, but you know that's that's how life works. I'm a good son, so good son, terrible podcast house, <laughs> all around victim. <laughs> so I think I think that's a fair trade. I think most people would be okay with that. So that was a factor as well. Um, so we kind of almost missed like a whole month of recording, actually, mm-hmm. it is. because I think. We published, we did the last episode was the 22nd or something of August. And I mean, it's, 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 we are recording this episode on the 20th of September, which which reminds me, uh, there's a preamble that I normally have to make, just if you will give me a moment. Uh, we're in Salaam Alaikum, the episode 37 of 1 million of iGent Watchers. I'm your host, Ed Krill, alongside a town for the of nerds. Starting with the Kerbin himself, Kerbin Kluter, the nerd from Nowhere, Shadi Desai. 
And the second sham lama ding dong, Shamobius, Patobius, Papathonobius, uh, <laughs> who is not here this evening. In absentia. Uh, yeah, she's here in absentia. She... Uh, I don't Famous know if she... got into her. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening. Uh, she's, I don't know. On a, she's currently on a yacht being fed grapes. Still yeah. Grapes. Some of the fans are with but, the by, by the real, actual Jacoby Lordy. He's <laughs> doing it right now. And uh, Tom Edelson is holding a fan, <laughs> waving it over. And now, unfortunately, you're stuck with three of us. Yeah, no, she's actually she's actually putting the finishing touches on the sequel uh, to her um, to her first debut novel, The Last Feather, uh, which like just came out like what in the beginning of August locally, and she's already like putting the finishing touches on the sequel. So I don't even know where this woman finds time. Um, between like repairing South Africa's roads, because she's an engineer, building an Iron Man suit, launching the J- James Webb uh, telescope, <laughs> uh, and raising a family, she somehow also found time to write two fantasy novels. Uh, so, and then, you know, she had to like not do something. <laughs> she picked this one. Why so choice? Have nothing to do. Wise choice. <laughs> Um, yeah, but in today's episode, we are discussing The Mummy, which was a movie that uh, Shadley chose. Yes. Yeah, Shadley. Yes. And you're so happy to win. It was like... Yes, I am. I'm very happy that they I'll chose. I'll be honest, I nominated something else, but I chose The Mummy with Yes, because <laughs> like, it always wins. It's such a winning choice. I, I, I don't even remember what I nominated. Exactly. I, just, I, like, I know. I know. I campaigned for it, but it wasn't. I wasn't like. Hey? You know, like oftentimes, guys. You, you know, like when I campaign for a movie, I go hard. You, you. But I was like, you hey. campaign for every movie that if you put out. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't. You didn't really this time, you like, actually didn't go as hard as you you usually do. Like, you go. You you go yeah, like hard sometimes, especially with this fear in your heart. I didn't. I didn't like even text even Fry. <laughs> oh, 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 some other silly like like Rowan Atkinson. Come on, man! Like, get the people to vote for this. Next movie. thing you know, you I'm blocked. Like, you're just gonna see blocked, blocked, blocked. Like what? Do you do you guys know? I actually invited Stephen Fry to my house for biryani. <laughs> There's a two wait, 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 wait. Well, hold up. You, you. You you don't like you don't like biryani, which is like you know uh, you're betrayed to your own ancestral roots. You don't like biryani. Oh, oh other people. Oh yes, come that is true. House to eat biryani because we've yeah, we thought was... about biryani. Luckily, over the internet, because it was in person. I would have moved you, bro. Biryani. Yes, biryani is serious business. <laughs> like if you were gonna we don't play me, with biryani. If you were gonna near me because of a Gatsby, I can still understand. But biryani, the the Toyota Corolla of Indian no, cuisine. No, no, that's 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 acne. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Don't don't. No, acne is the second hand Toyota Corolla <laughs> of Indian cuisine. I don't hate biryani. It's fine. It's oh, serviceable. Oh, it's like I just this. don't understand oh. the love. The way people talk about... Oh, it's like being an Avos. Like, I just, like, I don't see what the hype is about. Yeah, it's perfectly serviceable. I'll eat it if it's available. But, like, people go, oh, but you know, if you don't love biryani, then 
are you even are you even muslim correct one and they said correct just coming from a non muslim person so what <laughs> so what you tell so what you are telling us kevin is you've accepted you've accepted you accepted the deed yes because he chose priyadi i will do it even mean even mean priyadi like a lifetime like Yeah. A lifetime supply of Priya. Okay, okay. I'm okay. the kufiya right now. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Okay, since we're on this topic, right? Just like be square with me, right? Do you really, genuinely love Priyani that much? Yes, I do love Priyani. I, I really, really love. Yes, yeah, I really do love it. When it's when it's licking and when yeah, it's made well, you're the best. I really do love it. Say this like I just I don't get it. I really <laughs> don't. Uh, like it's it's fine it's like liquor but it's like when i look at the all the effort that you have to go through to make a, a biryani like a, a real biryani right not like a jamie oliver 15 minute meal version <laughs> a proper biryani it's 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 but effort it's, it's effort right it's like at least four hours okay so i don't this is why i don't make biryani Right. I had my my granny back in the day when she posted a live she would make the biryani or my aunt now makes the biryani and yeah. that's why i get it You must get it from a proper biryani maker. Why are you yeah. making your own biryani? No, I'm not. This, this, this is why. This is why. Because <laughs> you're no. making your own, uh, and it's, no, no, it's no, no. Listen, I I come from a food family. You know? I come from a family of people that sell food, that make for other people at Christmas time, and all of that kind of jazz, right? And unfortunately, my my auntie was the the number one biryani maker in our family. Passed away two years ago, three years ago. Um, And I liked enjoyed her biryani, but I still wasn't like, like you know, like the, the, no the angels you, didn't dance on my taste buds. There's no for you. It's just fine. It's rice and some meat, guys. I just I don't. That's but it's like, like a lot of that's a lot of meals. It's rice and meat. And <laughs> 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 you're gonna break down a lot of foods. It's like so mud. Yo, unlike unlike the movie of the day, The Mummy, which is. Definitely not, but no, it's not here. It's not. Like just yeah. just for 1999 was like one hell of a movie for one hell of a year for movies. Yeah, it was. No, yeah. it was like like Matrix, mummy. The, the mummy. It was like there was there was some like good quality stuff coming out that year. I mean, Blade the mummy was came out in 1999 as well, isn't it? No, that was 98. Yeah, oh, uh, Fight Club. Fight Club. Fight Club also yeah. came out. It was a fantastic year for movies. It's like a lot of bangers came out that year. That Matrix, really... obviously. But like I think what was what was um, amazing about the Mummy is is that nobody was looking for this movie. Yes, you know so, what I mean. Like when yeah. like the trailers came out, oh yeah, it's uh, it's like a like, when Brendan it came Fraser out, was Brendan like, Fraser was like a household name and everything, but nobody was like. My bro, I was going to watch the, the mummy is coming out. This new stuff is coming out on Friday. No, nobody was doing that, right? And I think, I, look, I can't speak internationally, right? But I always got the sense that on a local level, it was a word of mouth kind of success because mm-hmm. that that was like kind of the feeling I got. Like, like people say, "Hey, did you go watch the mummy? That movie's just." People would say that was like, oh, Kiki, come here. We we uh, we're gonna go out on Friday. We what's that? What we got? We're gonna do? Come and go watch the Mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Chislin said that was a quiet movie, or or um, Farid he said it's uh, liquor or something like that. And then people were just talking about it. Yeah. But the one thing I do remember um, after after it was like done on the circuit and whatever, 
at our local video shop, Republican, <laughs> you could not get a copy of that movie for weeks, it, it for, was months. for weeks, for weeks. Like you just weren't going to get it. I think um, they used to do this thing at Republican where they always have two copies of every movie. That's like normal, right? And the Matrix, the Mummy, um, I think the Lord of the Rings movies when they came out. Um, Fight Club. Uh, no, not Fight Club. Oh. Um, like the blockbuster. Like Fight Club is a jazz movie, but it's not. I wouldn't. You know, it's not a blockbuster mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of film. I can't think. There was a few others. But for the mummy, they had like a whole, there was a whole line. So there was like six copies. Of <laughs> all, the out, all out. All out. Technically 12, actually, because they would put two DVDs. Two blockies. Did they have that blockies? Yes. Yeah. The so there was, it was never, it was just never in. You just could never get it. Um, and um, then, you know, someone discovered, oh, you can reserve the movies. You can say, hey, I want to reserve the movie, ah. whatever. But then it was like reserved for like two, <laughs> two yeah, weeks. Before, like, <laughs> It's actually funny that I never really thought, gave it like much thought, like until I was thinking about it now. Like, but that was actually a really popular movie in Kensington. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was a movie you guys, <laughs> you guys grew up. I just think like, like I remember watching it and like, I can't think of anybody that didn't enjoy it. That's like, the thing, yeah. Like no one had anything bad to say about it. This was like a proper entertaining film. Like, Start to finish, just like a solid, like this is like proper Hollywood entertainment. Like this what, is what you expect. You know what's weird? What I was shocked about is that after watching it again, because I've loved this movie for as long as I've, ever since I watched it, I've loved it. And I've watched it so many times, but I've never, ever gone and read a review for this movie. I've never seen a review. I've never gone and read because I never. Then I go check out the reviews and this thing, this thing got like, Middling yeah, it's very it weird. Like six out of it got like six out of tens across the I board. I felt like like, like nobody knew. I was like, what? How? How can you rate this? Yeah, like it, it got like it got like very middling reviews. I mean, like it's so weird. Uh, uh, it's it's like Zayden Briani essentially. <laughs> it's like Zayden Briani. That's what it's yes. like. But like Roger Ebert even said, like, no, he he enjoyed the movie, but he can't like say it was like great. He can't argue for the script, but he still enjoyed it despite and like. I was like, what the hell, man? But, this thing is... Like, but if good. you can, Yes, it's really good. Like, a lot of people... Even for this film, they said, like, the CGI won't hold up for, like, at the time. But it's, it's, it's the kind of CGI where you go, like, I can look past it now mm. and I can still enjoy it. Like, it's still, like... That's not going to break the experience for me. Yes. It it's is. Still, and it's, like... This movie is just fantastic. Like, I just enjoy it. Whenever I watch it, even like, like, Elvin, you've been to Egypt, right? Yes. And you've had a fascination with Egypt. Yes. And it's like, in terms of its facts about Egypt, it's like completely wrong. Yes. I've been at, I've been at Imhotep's <laughs> tomb. I've been where he was. You know, he was a pretty chill dude, you know, clever guy. <laughs> he was not raising the dead. <laughs> yeah, you have very beloved, like, not very hated. And it's like, they got all of that wrong, and yet still they captured like that that sense of adventure and mm. that mystery about ancient Egypt so so well. What they did was they nailed the that sort of nineteen forties serial pulp adventure kind of vibe, which was perfect. Um, if if we were if this was nineteen ninety nine now, and they decided they needed someone else to take over in the role of Indiana Jones, Brendan Fraser would have knocked it out the park oh, with this yeah. edition. Just, just like this is just that type of sort of you know. 
Hero Week dashing hero was a bit vulnerable. And Rio he, 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 he nails it. He, he nails yeah, it. He nails it. There, there was like a definite, um, like Harrison Fordish quality yes. to him. But like a but little bit of Ein solo in there. But yeah, a little bit of Ein yeah, solo in yeah. there as <laughs> well. Um, and he, I don't know, man. It was like he, 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 he was incredibly masculine. Um, but he's like not a, a man's man, but not like a Chad. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like a Chad um, by like not being a traditional Chad. Like, it's like, like great. And, um, you know, like the, the chemistry between him and Rachel, uh, Rachel Weiss, just like the best, man. It's like, look, it's not a particularly deep story. No one's coming to watch the mummy looking for like for Oscar uh, 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 worthy performances or whatever. But it's the kind of, like, we've, we've seen this a number of times about, like, a lot of movies. Like, people understood what the assignment was, mm. right? And they, just, and and they, and they put it. in the work. And they put yes. in the work, right? And even though this is a fairly shallow, um, you know, like, the, 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 the story is very typical. You know, there's no, like, we're going to comment on global warming and... Yeah, there's, there's uh, no, like, there's none of that, maybe really. some things that you need it's to, like, read. Just this good guy, bad guy, he's clearly a bad guy. There's no, amb no, no ambiguity there or whatever. Need to stop but him. People, but people really thought about who their characters were. Like, even... Even Arnold Foslu, right? If you think about <laughs> like the character <laughs> as written in the script, right? It's cock cheesy. Right? <laughs> but he gave that bra personality, man. Right? Like, and he wasn't just like um he likes he like leaned against cartoonishly evil, but he wasn't cartoonishly evil. You know, mm. it's like it's yeah. very close. It's such a fine line that he was threading. And like when he needed to be, when he needed to be scary, he was scary. When he needed to be charming, he was charming. And like he was a villain that had layers. It's, um, it's, it's such an oddly phenomenal performance in such a, uh, for a character who's so straightforward, man. He, mm -hmm. he was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna be in this movie, and uh, I'm just gonna sell it. I'm just gonna like give it my all. And he could very easily just have taken the paycheck. And if I understand it correctly, he was paid. I have this vague memory of an interview where he said he was paid a million dollars um, for that movie, which, first of all, he's not like the most known actor person to begin with, right? Um, and then second of all, he he's the you know he's like the villain. He's not mm. he's not even front and center whatever. So it was quite a bit of change for the role. And I don't know if that gave him motivation to be like, I'm like just going to act the shit out of this or whatever. And then I believe because of how good uh, the response to the movie was, he got a much bigger paycheck for the sequel. And I think it was well-deserved because he acted his ass up in that one as well. Um, but yeah, for those that maybe don't remember that were living under a rock or something, the mummy is a thousand years. The mummy is a nineteen ninety-nine American fantasy action adventure film written and directed by Steven Somers. Um God, what happened to that guy? And is a remake of the nineteen thirty-two film of the same name. Uh starring Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, John Hannah, Kevin O'Connor, and Arnold Foslu. Uh, the film follows adventurer Rico Connell as he travels to Hamunaptra, the city of the dead, with a librarian and her older brother, where the accidentally awakened Imhotep, a cursed high priest with supernatural powers. Somebody whose name 
they omitted in this Wikipedia page is Oded Fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce How can you it. leave that sexy bastard out? I'm not, sure. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure how you pronounce his surname, though. I think uh, it is Oded Fair, yeah. That brow was like... That brow was... He was it was smooth. <laughs> he he yes. was supposed to, that character was supposed to die at mm, the end yes. of the movie. But he was just, like, just and, understood the assignment and he just carried yeah, it like, so much like, cool and they were like, nah, we can't kill us all. They did this so well that so many characters are likable. All the characters who sort of survive are all, like, likable to a degree. Except Benny, like I, I yeah, like but, Benny. But, but Benny is like, also like, yeah, he needed to get his come up. The thing is, you you happy when Benny gets his come up, but you kind of like Benny all the way. Through. Yeah, because he's you understand great, Benny. He's a great villain. He's a great sniveling rodent of a man. <laughs> <laughs> he, my favorite, I love him. My favorite line is still in the sea after they sink the riverboat yes. to go down <laughs> the, the Nile, and then he's like, "Hey, O'Connell." <laughs> <laughs> We have all the horses. Yes, landed on the wrong side. But like, yeah, no, he yes, got all the horses. horses. <laughs> and then Brendan Fraser perfectly, perfectly replied, Hey, Benny, guess who's got all the horses? No, no, guess who's on the wrong side of the <laughs> yeah, river. Like, <laughs> I love the line delivery for that. But he's like, he's so smarmy and and like, he, he, his character just come, Benny, he's just like, like, he knows everything, and he's, like, brilliant, and he's whatever, but he knows fuck all, and he can't do shit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? my, my favorite, my favorite line is when he faces the mummy for the first time, and he starts breaking up all the various <laughs> religions. <laughs> religions <laughs> starts breaking up the religion. so lucky when he's, <laughs> when he starts uh, reading Hebrew, and he takes out the Star of David. It's like, that I was totally going to suck out his brains. It's like, oh, you're from the slave people. Okay, cool. <laughs> you can speak the slaves tongue. Okay, I have use for you, Kamiya. This is so genius. It's like also little little stuff like that, but it's just so cool. And I also think like this film like balances genres really well mm. because it has horror elements, but it doesn't try to be a horror movie that yes. like, just relies on jump skits. Like this I'm genuinely <laughs> scary moments like when Imhotep was first resurrected and then that shit in the city with the whole town is like fucking possessed like mm. that that shit was creepy as hell I remember watching that in cinema and being like okay I'm a little I'm actually scared now like this 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 got scary this got dark please send help <laughs> but, yeah, but, it, but but it never like like over extends its stay in any of those genres like it knows what to do when to switch and like i think that kept the movie like really fresh and like stephen somers's direction is also very um not spartan man um but like in the same way that the story knows just i just need so much i just need so much so he he was also very good at that it's like he understood what he was trying to get out of the scene and how all the stuff would fit together um, and so I would say he was like really responsible for that. Um, I, I was like, I can't understand what happened to this guy when you like look at his filmography um, post the two mommy movies. Jajo. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Ben like, Alsing, dude. Oh. It's like, he, he, like, I didn't know this. I was actually <clears throat> just looking at his um, filmography now, right? So he, uh, he directed Deep Rising. Yeah. Uh, which was like a, a horror monster film, horror it? comedy horror film that came out the year before. And the actor that it. plays Benny is in that movie as well. Starring Treat 
Williams, if you can believe, ah, if you can believe it. It's it's a fun movie. Like you'll recognize <clears throat> the like the jump from Deep Rising to the Mummy if you watch them uh not long after each other. It's a fun movie. Um that was like like a very good um introduction to him. And then he does the mummy immediately after that, right? Um and then the mummy returns and then the Scorpion King. Well, no, actually, he didn't die. No, he didn't. He, he, just wrote, he just wrote yeah. the Scorpion King. He did Van Helsing, sorry, uh, yes. after the Scorpion King. Uh, which I actually really like Van Helsing, right? Yeah, um, I also I, have a very fond... I, I know it's a bad form. It's very fluid and it's not great. It's, but I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fluid so much. I think it's... Um, the thing with that movie is, is that he was doing something very specific. And at that point in time, in the early 2000s, that wasn't the kind of action movie that people wanted because it's very camp, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. um, I forget who the actor is that's playing... Um, Jackman. No, 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 not, not the lead character that's oh. playing Dracula. Um, oh, uh, uh, um, I know his face, but, whatever, but I mean, he's putting on the cuckest accent, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's, and it's not... It's not by accident. Uh, you know, my, my favorite uh, actors of all time was name I can never remember. Kate Beckinsale. Like, I'll watch anything with Kate Beckinsale in it. She's also putting on this horrible, horrible accent. So the movies lean so much into the camp of it, but it's using, like, its budget to the nth degree. And I don't think people could make that connection, right? Because it looked like the super ultra-mega... Um, blockbuster kind of film but the dialogue and the concepts and like Frankenstein is in there and like it's just incredibly cheesy at the same time and it just just doesn't work and then I mean then he he made uh, he directed uh, G.I. Joe and then just stopped directing well, <laughs> he, made, he made something called Odd Thomas which I've never even heard of Odd Thomas is a adaptation of a Dean Koontz novel um Never. It's, quite a, it's, it's quite a very popular Dean Koontz novel, it's like like big, but I don't think the movie did any good, did any good job of it. I'm just saying no, because I never heard of the movie until now. And then just kind of fell off, and I, I, I would like for him to come back and, you know, make a proper <laughs> Mummy 3. That would be great, seeing as how we are in this age of uh, Brendan Fraser, like, yeah, Man's everybody falling in love with Brendan Fraser. I'm sure if if, if the role, if the script was right, that dude will get back in shape, or even not get back in shape and just show up like that <laughs> and put that to be part of the character. I think it could I be would like love fun. that to tell you the truth. Like, like if Brendan like... Fraser came back to play Rick O'Connell, um, like an older, older more experienced guy. Um, like, look, he, he's not in the best health. Um, like if you've watched interviews with him since he like really banged himself up doing action roles and stuff and he's mm. got a lot of injuries and stuff and that's why he's got all this extra weight and so on he just he actually can't from what I understand um, be that physical but I mean it's a movie right you, you have stunt doubles in, you know, I'm certain that he could still sell um, oh, I didn't he could, he, could, he could certainly still sell like a, being an action star. And I mean, if they really, really wanted to, they could, uh, you know, make that third one somehow, bring the Scorpion King back into it, but actually have the rock on set. Not, not, <laughs> not that, whatever the hell that was. <laughs> yes, they were doing. 
And the moment two was so close to being a perfect sequel, you guys. That's a like, great so sequel. That, that CGI is just so bad. Holy shit, it's bad. <laughs> like, even by 1999 standards, it no, was terrible. Can we, can we give a shout out to John Hanna for a moment? Yes. <laughs> that, that guy. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. John Hanna. He's also analysis. John Hanna is like. He just fails upwards in this mm. movie. Like, I love He's that. so good. And, like, John Hand is also one of the actors. He's funny. He's serious. He can be... De- like, just... You want... You just need to grab an actor quickly to fill a role. John Hanna is your guy. Like, um, I, like, loved him in this, right? But I can... The first thing I ever saw him in was Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, and those two characters could not be... More different, more different oh, from each other. It's astounding. He is so talented. And then, of course, like my favorite role of him is uh, in Spartacus. I love him in Spartacus. <laughs> oh, man, that guy. He, I think he was the one that, um, like, look, that movie, that TV show has a very particular cadence in how people speak, you know, because I'm trying to give this yes. impression of olden timey talking. You can, and, I think you might say the line that I think I, you're going to say. Thinking, <laughs> no, say I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but, um, but but John Hanna was the guy that I, I like really makes it work. Man. Like like they're not pretending. Like it's not um, it's not a theater production at a high school with like he's talking. He delivered those those lines as if like it's the most natural way of talking ever. And I'm convinced that everybody else followed his because um, <laughs> he was the most experienced actor on set. Um, yeah, him and, and Lucy Lawless were the were the were the most experienced. And look, he was he, like no disrespect to Lucy Lawless, but John Anna is a much better actor than 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 she is. Um, the, the line I was talking about specifically, I have to mention because I love this line. I've used it a few times. There's a line he says, and the, the reason why I remember it is. Um, there was a behind-the-scenes thing done on Spartacus, and they were talking about the writing and how they make this, how they get this old-timey language. And just their trick was write the normal mm. modern-day dialogue, and then you just drop words out of the sentence, like just drop certain words out of the sentence. So the, the line they used was the one where they gave John Anna a normal line, and he just dropped words out of the sentence, and he, he said, lies fall from your lips like shit from ass. <laughs> 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 that's not the line that I remember from <laughs> but I love it's that like, line <laughs> but it's, it's like it's so, it's so simple how they, they got it right you know it, it's like something you don't think about when you're listening to the line but then afterwards you go oh that, that makes sense how they, uh, why it sounds that <laughs> and way, I understand immediately what's going on and like he so like in terms of like the mummy like if you think about it again that role that he was playing didn't need to be that good, right? Because no, he's the, he's the comic relief. He's the comic relief, right? But like, you end up caring about like, is the bra alive? Did he make it? And he made again. He made Rachel Weisz have great chemistry. You like, yeah, that's that's the titty, that's the booty. He's always fanging on cock. She's always having to look after him and whatever. And you really get that because he's a grown, like you know, he's like a grown ass man. But you you like, yeah, that's his big sister. And she needs to take care of him, mm-hmm. and that's how it works. And I mean, I don't know if I can't remember if in the in the context of the story, if which one of them is actually older, but she's definitely the more mature one, mm-hmm. um, and so on. 
Um, yeah, man, I just, I just completely love that movie. Every set piece works. Every line delivery works. There's, it's the kind of movie where if there is a hole in the plot somewhere, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because the cast does such a good job of drawing you in to what is going on. I'm sure if you really, really, really wanted to, you could nitpick and find some kind of issue with the mummy. Um, but I mean, I, I couldn't be bothered. I enjoy it way, way too much. It's, it's one of those films that it's like you look past its faults and that's what makes it so memorable and so enjoyable because it's like... It's more than the sum of his parts. Yes, it exactly is. what it is. And, like, you, you go in, you have a good time, and then, like, you just enjoy it. And, like, yes, it's that's their fault. It does. Do you care? Nope. Not really. So you just go in, enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And, like, that's why I can always go back. Like, I can always go back to it. Zaid, you actually mentioned about um, Brendan Fraser being, like, really banged up. Do you mm. know that he was... He I'm nearly, died on set. He nearly yeah. died on set. He was like <laughs> hung out. And... I, be, I believe not nearly died. I believe he did die and had to be resuscitated. Yeah. He uh, but that, be... I'm not 100% sure about that part, though. It's, it's, yeah, things weren't looking good at that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's the scene where um, they hang him at the... Uh, uh, at the prison, at and, the then, prison and, yeah. then, uh, then Rachel Weiss's character negotiates for his release and whatever. Yeah, so apparently they really hung the dude, and I don't know why. <laughs> why they did that? It's so easy to rig a little harness that you don't feel anything. And I'm, I had so many questions. I'm like, you can rig it so that like you don't actually hang him. You can, can shoot him away so he doesn't like something. Like, oh, like. Like what? What? Who? Who made this? Choice? But look, I, I, was, I, 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 even, I remember reading the story, but I can't, I can't recall if it was a, um, like they, they did put a safety harness on him, but it wasn't secure properly or something, and um, so they didn't realize even that he was like genuinely choking, um, and luckily they ended, they cut the scene and they did something like that. Um, yeah, he I'm lost consciousness. I'm reading it up right now. So they said they did the wide take first where the guy drops. That's the stunt man. And he had a honest one. So they know that initial jerk is not actually on his neck. Then they did the close-up shot with uh, Fraser and they did a take and all in good. And it was supposed to be basically they, they keep him there. He's actually standing. And then the, the stunt man is essentially pulling the rope up so you can see it digging into his neck, but not to the point that he's like, you know, being hung. He's actually standing. And then they said, okay, they do another take. And he said, yeah, they can do another take and he can pull it up a bit higher. You know, he can, he'll go on his toes and it'll, it'll make it look even more effective. And he did that. He raised himself up and the stuntman essentially pulled the, 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 the tension the rope higher. And then he lifted a bit and I guess the stuntman thought he needed to move a bit more. So he pulled it up higher up. But by this point, Brendan Fraser was actually off the, like his yeah. feet weren't touching anymore and he wasn't holding up his weight and no one noticed. Yeah, because he's the <laughs> 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 <
um, obviously in the 1982 mummy was like you know it was a, a classic of its era um, with all the other classic universal monster movies back then and they wanted to do a remake of this since the 80s did you see all the people that was attached to this thing uh, first George A. Romero was going to do a film treatment then he bailed he wrote the film treatment mm. and then he bailed but they were going to have like this monster movie vibe where the mummy is like they actually they actually uh, compared it to like the Terminator not at the time but in retrospect they said like this this mummy just sort of like this mummy just moving through everything you know just work, taking everything down that didn't pan out so Clive Barker he came in and he picked up you know the screenplay um, and he was going to direct he was attached to direct and what this was going to be like this super dark and violent like Clive Barker basically but I was going to do a modern day take where it's like uh, this art museum at, that set in the Beverly Hills and they build a museum there, the Egyptian tomb, whatever, but it was going to be like proper R-rated, violent sex, everything. And then that fell apart. Then they brought George Romero back and he was going to do like a Night of the Living Dead vibe where Imhotep raises up zombies. And it was a whole big thing. I mean, it is going to be zombies and yeah, George, George Romero. Romero. <laughs> and it was, it went back and forth and some other guy got on board and eventually um, Stephen Summers came in and he pitched it and his idea was literally said as a, as a kind of an Indiana Jones yeah, shows, movie. Yeah. He, that's what he said. He wanted the, the Indiana Jones vibe to go for it like Jason and the Argonaut. He wanted to, he watched the movie originally as a kid and he loved that adventure, that pulpy kind of vibe and that's what he wanted to go for. Oh, and they still didn't actually want to make this movie. Then Babe, Peak in the City, <laughs> was a flop. And Universal needed a new heat on their hands. And they were like, revive this classic franchise. Go ahead, Stephen Simons, and make the mummy. And, and, it, was like, and it was a massive hit. Like, yeah. it was. Um, which, is, the, which is hilarious that it was Babe, Peak in the City. That was like the <laughs> I mean, final straw. Just think, yeah, no, this movie, the budget for the movie was $80 million and it made $416 million. Yeah. Like that's $1999, that's a lot of dollars. That's, that's, that's a lot billions. of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically a billion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lot of money. That it... Yeah, it's like no wonder they made the sequel some other next year. And and <laughs> look, aside from, let, let us also be honest, right? If you think about the turnaround time between that, uh, like when this movie was done, and the making of the sequel. If you if you excuse the, the CGI Scorpion King at the end, right? That's a phenomenal movie as well. It is. No, it is. It's like, right? A really good, like, it's not uh, as good as, as the first one. It's a lot look, more that, out there. It's a lot more out there as like an adventure. It's a lot bigger in the, sort of its scope and scale. Yeah, look, that's, that's you know, like, but it's, there's a... But there's it's, a it's a fun sequel. It is a fun sequel. It's a really fun and sequel. It, it manages to do something that um, you know, you know, like when you when you see it, like yeah, why are they bringing a lighty into this? It's yeah, know, it's, don't, don't it's do a, that. But it somehow <laughs> sidesteps the the foibles of that because um, that kid is again like in the first book, he's in it just enough to fulfill his function and not be annoying. And not be annoying. He's a pretty charming actor in and of himself. And um, they, they, it doesn't feel like they're going through hoops to keep the kid involved in the action. It's like when it's yeah. like unnecessary for him to be there, then they push him to the side in an appropriate way. And so on. it's like, it really just is that Scorpion King CGI at the end, man. <laughs> it's, it's, can, really, it's so funny because it's like really just a technical issue. <laughs> that, that no, man, it's, like, not, it's not even just that. Eh? It's like, 
I mean, it's that because it's it's really, really bad. But just think about when you went into the cinema. Like, obviously, you already like hyped up because you enjoyed the first movie so much, right? Um, watching trailers and stuff was not as easy. Um, wasn't as as easy as it is today, right? So mm. I can't actually even remember seeing the trailer for this movie. And the reason why I know the movie was even getting made was because I was watching a lot of wrestling at the time. So the oh, only reason, yes. and so WWE was also promoting the movie because The Rock was in it. And I was like, oh, is that? And of course, I was a huge fan of The Rock. Why wouldn't I be? And so when you go into the cinema and you watch that opening, um, what would you call it? Uh, prologue, I guess, where they tell yeah. the story of the Scorpion King and the rock is there and he's like, you know, obviously kicking ass and taking names. He, um, <laughs> it looks just, man, like, like just that concept of the Scorpion King itself is like amazing. So then you're like, it's going to be so freaking badass when we get to the end of this whole movie and they bring the Scorpion King back and then it's O'Connell, it's the Scorpion King, it's the mummy. It's going to be like this amazing... It's going to be a triple threat match <laughs> yeah. for the fate of the world. And then when the thing opens, so you ex- just ex- expecting the rock to and, <laughs> and then this, this Hoja Brat climbs out. <laughs> even like, if, oh, even, okay, that's not quite... Even if the CGI was like 2021 20, level, it was still a bad decision. Yeah. Because he should have still just been the rock. The rock. <laughs> like the rock. Okay, cool. Maybe, maybe like he has powers where his hand can turn into a claw or something, whatever. But it should have just been Dwayne the Rock Johnson on set just, fighting. Like he was he was a renowned warrior. He could have just beat the ass. Like he didn't need that, supernatural powers. That movie was the rock's big screen debut, eh? The Scorpion. Yeah. Yes, yes, it, it was. The Scorpion King is the one that launched his, his Hollywood career. If you th- and if you think about it, right, he's only really on screen like 10 minutes, maybe, maybe. 10, 15 minutes yeah. in that opening thing. And like all he reads, like he moves a couple of guys and then he eats a scorpion <laughs> who walks in the desert. And now he's and then he eats an army. But, and that's, then but that, that part was so good. They were like, give this guy a movie. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's let's let's create a whole movie for this character. Let's make a whole franchise that will shoot David Lentos <laughs> in. Well, that's still the sequels and stuff. And look, yeah, yeah, this is a lot of them. They're all bad. Like the the Scorpion King yes, movie itself was also. Um, it's actually like very entertaining. It's, it's fine, bad, but, but it's, it's like it's entertaining. It doesn't deliver. It doesn't like the story that 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 Odin Fear tells of the Scorpion King in the yeah in the beginning. It's like that. so you expecting that, and then you watch the Scorpion King movie, and it's like and you're like oh, okay. I, I don't. This is I'm not I'm, <laughs> connection. Not seeing it. Um, it's yeah, but it, it's 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 really goofy. Like that's how I would say it's a really goofy. It's a really comical. You know what that movie needed? A long time. I think I need to watch it again. You know what that movie <laughs> it's needed? Sure it's not gonna age well. It's, it's really bad. <laughs> what that movie needed was a compelling villain. Because yeah. it wasn't Kelly you? No, no, she's not the villain. She's what like the love interest. Oh, yes, like, that's right. I have, I have no idea where the villain is in that movie. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's a guy, you'll recognize his face. He's like one of those actors, he does bit parts in a bunch of stuff, but I, like, oh, he's, not, he's not particularly famous or whatever. The problem is, is that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is an incredibly charismatic person, right? Never mind, just, just in general. He is he's a charismatic Stephen guy. Stephen Brad. And Steve then, Brad, yeah. 
And then this Steven guy, whoever he is, he's not a bad actor by any means. He's just, he's just not a match. And I think, oh, like, okay, I see. I you, see you need, you know, like, I don't know where they needed Idris Elba before Idris Elba was around <laughs> or something. Yeah, you needed somebody who can, like, you know, somebody that, that, that can presence that exactly. can like, they, had, they had Michael Clark Duncan right there. <laughs> he's in the movie. <laughs> 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 actually. Look, I, I actually remember seeing one of the behind-the-scenes things for the Scorpion King, uh, for this movie, is um, that, I don't know, they had cast someone and something, they couldn't make it to whatever, and then someone said, ah, oh, you know, would have been great for this role was Michael Clark Duncan. And then the rock like says, like, yeah, like, he's my friend, I know him, I can phone him, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he, like, phoned him and said, listen, we need a, are you available, are you working? He's like, no, like, uh, yeah, cool. And then he came and did it. You should... If you th- he would have been brilliant as the villain, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> you you would like yo nam man more narve bro. Yeah, it was it was you. He was in the movie <laughs> because it's like so like like even the end of the movie is just like very forgettable. It's just like uh, as a villain, it's just like uh. <laughs> yeah. This it's very it's very weak. It's very, very, very weak. But back to Talking the about weak sequels, <laughs> Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I actually um, don't hate that movie. I also I don't, don't hate it. I just I think it's I think it's just maligned to like the whole franchise. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's the other two of it's, it's, just, it's a drop down. That's the problem. It's a drop it's, down in the quality level. It's you like it's a different the sounds so obvious to say, but it's like it's a different movie. Yes. You it belongs I mean. in a different like sort of friend. It needs to exist in its own world rather than in the world of the mummy. It feels, I don't it know, just, maybe I'll, I'll, I haven't watched I think, it in a while, but I, I, I remember I, thinking it feels more sort of blockbusterish kind of Hollywood tradition instead of cutting, nailing that sort of pulpy vibe yes. that they were going for. It, um, it, 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 could, it couldn't like quite treat that line between the two. It didn't know like how to do it. I think if they had done it as like, if they had focused on Alex O'Connell as the main character, Rather than trying to to bring Rick and and Evelyn O'Connell back in, like it would have maybe worked a bit better, like just to sort of like separate them and create like a new. Also, I mean, the other thing is is that um, sometimes it's not a good idea to recast it all. Mm. Sometimes it's just, especially, most especially, if the rest of the cast is still going to be there. You know, it's not. It's not like it's James Bond, and when you do a refresh, a lot of the cast around them also changes and stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if I remember correctly, John Anne is also in this one. Correct. Mm. And obviously, Brendan Fraser is there, and so like the 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 triangle, so to speak, is. John Hannah, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss. So now you got Maria Bello coming in there, who is a very fine actress, right? But her whole energy is completely different. No, it is. That's to a, what Rachel Weiss is and, doing. And, they, and I think the energy, like like the the, the chemistry between Brendan Fraser, Ezrico Cardinal, and Evelyn O'Connell, like Rachel Weiss, <laughs> that energy changing is so distinct. Like yeah, in this, like you can, this is a totally different dynamic. Like if you, if you had never same. seen, if you had never seen Mummy One and Two, right, and then you watch Dragon Emperor, you'd probably enjoy it. 
right? You you would get the sense that there had more had happened before that because the movie doesn't doesn't. Um, in fact, I would think that, that movie actually uh, goes a bit hard in trying to connect itself to the previous two films, mm. right? But if you'd never seen the other two and you watch this, you'd be like. Yeah, it's like a movie. It was fun. Uh, Jet Li's there, Michelle Yeoh's there. That liquor, it's quiet. Some kung fu, magic, liquor, action, cool. But if you've seen the other two, then it's like it just doesn't work. It's the same thing that happens when you watch um, Pirates of the Caribbean four and five. I have not watched them. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, no, I'm not they, gonna. They not. Terrible movies. Yeah, it's just they, they struggle to they, they struggle to like connect because you like you need to like get you need to like you've got obviously you've got um, uh, Johnny Depp in there as as, as um, Captain Jack Sparrow, but the other two of the triangle is not there, and the people that they get to replace them instead of creating new characters, they are like functioning as analogs to um, Kira Knightley and, and Orlando Bloom. Mm. And so it becomes more obvious that those people aren't in there. And then you get like, you get um, Javier Bardem doing his best Barbosa impression. And it's like, what are you doing? So then you start feeling like, you, like you're watching an expensive knockoff. You know, like, you know, like when you go to the, to, the, to the video shop and then instead of watching Jurassic Park, you watch Triassic Park, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So... Oh, no. So you're saying it's, yeah, a, yeah, that's it's what, a big screen asylum movie. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big budget it, asylum movie. It really does come across that way because obviously all the money is there, the budget is there, um, Johnny Depp is there. Then it's like, but even him, he's not. That character must only be the, you know small doses, small doses. So he takes up so much of the of the of the screen time. It feels like a caricature of Johnny Depp playing Captain Jack Sparrow, even though it is Johnny Depp playing Captain Jack Sparrow. So yeah, anyway, the Dragon Emperor is like yeah, that. It's, it's like, <laughs> as well. I think it would have worked better if it was like if it focused on the kid like as the central character, you know, Alex O'Connell as the central character, and then just created like a new Mabe movie using new characters and that only being the only through okay. line. But now, speaking of making a new Mabe movie with new no, characters... No, 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 no. No, can we have to? No. Well, <laughs> it was cack. <laughs> that is, that's we all I've got to do. Honestly, do you know what I think is the Dark Universe's biggest mistake they made? That whole, that entire freaking idea of a franchise the biggest mistake, well, besides for trying to make, actually, no, I can't even say trying to make, trying to copy the MCU is a mistake because the MCU technically copied the Universal Monster movies. The Universal Monster movies, the classic monster movies was the first big franchise crossover movie where they had a connected, interconnected cinematic universe because those monsters back in the day used to pop up in each other's movies all the time, like the MCU did. So they actually did yeah, it first. Yeah, like people had never seen that before. Yeah, so they, they did it. It's a movie and it's, and it's its own thing and it's clear. Yeah, so they did it first. I got no problem with them trying to do that. The biggest problem is, remember that photo that they released of yeah. all the big stars they came yes, to get? It was like so first of all, that's, if you don't know the story, that photo was so bad because none of those people are in the same room together. They're all individual photos and they were photoshopped together. It was a rush job. Um, they were all oh, I didn't know that. Picture. Yeah, they were all photoshopped in the picture. But the reason why that makes it, why, it, why that's pertinent is 
They were so concerned about just selling their star power. Like, look at all the big name actors we got for this. Yeah, remind me, right? It was obviously Tom Cruise, was Johnny so Depp. Tom, Johnny Depp. Russell um, Crowe. Russell Crowe, Javier Bardem, Charlize Theron, she was in the Bride of Frankenstein, that, um, uh, what's Although that? Although she's not in that photo, because the only lady at the time was uh, Sophia... Sophia Butella. Yeah. Was, uh, was the least famous, but... Yes. Oh. So it was going to be... Um, Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man. Um, obviously, had Tom Cruise is the mummy. Um, Russell Crowe was playing Dr. Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde. Um, Javier Bardem was going to be the Wolfman. Was it Javier Bardem Wolfman? Or Vanessa Toro? No, Javier Bardem was going to be Wolfman. It was going to be... Um, Charlie Theron was eventually going to be Bride of Frankenstein. Um, there was going to be... Who else was in there? But, but the problem is that all the star power, that was the, the draw card, was look at all our star power. And they gave a big star, like Tom Cruise, the role of the mummy, a role that um, Tom Cruise just took over. He took over that entire film. And it started out as a straight up the mummy horror movie that's what they wanted to go for they wanted to nail a horror tone for the mummy again as an original mummy movie was a horror film and that's what they wanted to do again then tom cruise comes on board and it becomes a tom cruise action movie <laughs> because yeah, of tom cruise they did that all that amazing stunt in the yes uh, when they the plane, which is amazing it is but it's a that's a tom cruise action movie and, and you feel it in the movies like it does not know if it wants to be a Tom Cruise action movie or what, what it wants to be. And it gets super convoluted in the process. It's, 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 and that's what they screwed up. They screwed up so badly in that regard. But if they, had, if they had just come out and say, okay, yes, I'm, you know, this is our concept we have. And yes, I'm like, pull the Marvel Studios. Yes, I'm B, B-list actors. You know, you know them, they're all famous. You know their faces, but these are not you know, guys that are who's selling movies on their own. Let the movie sell the movie. They would have been cool. They would have rocked it. I keep Russell Crowe because the whole plan was Russell Crowe was going to be the he was going to be the theory. Yeah. He was going to be the, the guy that the combining one. Keep Russell Crowe in that role. Perfect. That's and, a great idea. And, and, and that's the thing is like they never had to reveal that in the trailers before and that mm. that could have just been revealed in the movie and you go like, yes. oh wait, what's going on? Yeah, and then it's really then you open it up, then you can yeah, play it out. But it's that typical it's, thing of they will they learned the wrong lesson. Yes. Yeah. It's like the typical thing they didn't learn the wrong. It's like at that particular point in time, that was, I want to say 2017. No. Yes, 2017. It feels like it was much longer ago, but it actually wasn't that long ago. Right? No. But at that it, particular point in time, it was like. The MCU was coming up to like Avengers. Like people only started really. Like, oh, it's like a whole universe. Like the, the larger public was only the, at that point starting to figure out that the shit was actually all interconnected and stuff. Um, and they, they just needed to make a liquor movie. And then you put a stinger at the end. Mm. <laughs> you know, like have Russell Crowe in the movie and then in your post-credited scene, it's revealed, oh, Russell Crowe is actually part of something bigger. Yeah. And and then you leave it at that. Um, but yeah, it's also like a real misstep for Tom Cruise. I think I must, I'm sure I've said this before. Um I, I genuinely I mean, think, I think like what Kervin said, it's like, he's the type of actor that is just too strong on set at once. Yes. With no particular way. And that actually damaged the movie more than helping it, you know? He's such a strong presence on the set of a movie. So it's like, 
bring him on board. You you need him to be on board with the film as a whole and understand and, and what it needs to like, be. Like look an act a person like him, right? If you if you don't want that movie to be a Tom Cruise movie, then you need to have a director yes. that he will listen to. Yeah. So you need like Martin Scorsese on set or Steven Spielberg on set or um, Christopher James Nolan <laughs> or, James, yeah, or James. Like you need a director like that. That's people that you will listen to, right? Because at this point in his career, he picks the director. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, no, there's no other actor that's out there that's like, okay, I mean, that's this movie and I want this brother to direct and that's... That's, I mean that's why I, he always works with with Chris McQuarrie for for Mission Impossible because it's like he knows like they have that that that's his guy that's their working relationship. Chris McQuarrie was actually one of the writers on the Mummy, strangely enough, he's one of the, he's one of the bosses on the script. Really? Well, that's not, yes, that's not surprising because at that point the, the two of them had already done um, Jack Reacher. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but they, I think yeah, they already done one of them. Hmm. I think one of the Mission Impossibles uh, that they had collaborated on had already come out. But I mean. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on Wikipedia now to figure that out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right, but you're right. That that Alex Kurtzman in the in in, in the in the director seat there, and up up until that point, it wasn't his director of the movie, but he had another debut. He had another uh, movie before that, but I can't remember what it was, and no one probably can remember what it was. This was some small thing done back in the day. Um, yeah, but look, that guy, and, and look, that's the, he's a writer. Yes, right. And worse, he's a JJ Abrams writer. And even <laughs> and worse, he's a writer who basically cut his teeth on the Transformers franchise. I mean, yes, he did Star Trek, but the Transformers is really where he kind of got into his own. And that's not the best writing you want to do. Like seriously, I I could write the Transformers. Movie. <laughs> I can hit my head on this keyboard in front of me right now and write the Transformers movie. <laughs> Transformers movie. It, it's such wasted potential. Um, because it is, it really, it, it really is. could like that. Idea, it could have been something special. It like, really could have. I'm like looking at, I'm looking at like all of his writing credits. Like, ironically, you know, Dodge called it Mission Impossible Three. Like, yeah. it's because the guy, it, which is I mean, which is the worst Mission Impossible movie. Nope, Mission Impossible. I don't what? Mission no, Impossible I don't Two, without a doubt. I don't like why Mission, people, Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible Two. Mission Impossible Two is not a good movie. But Mission Impossible 2 is most definitely a James... Uh, what's the dude's name again? Um, John Woo. The, the, it's definitely a John Woo movie. It is a John. And a John Woo movie is a very particular kind of movie. And they hired him. And they knew exactly what they wanted. And it's, he gave it to them. And I love that movie. That's a bad idea for a, for a Mission Impossible movie. It is. Movie. It doesn't fit It's not a very good Mission Impossible movie. I did a thing where I watched the entire franchise back to back. And that thing stands out so much. That's bad. <laughs> it stands it's out so, so bad. much. I think, but you know, that was no, actually, that, initially, that, that was kind of Tom Cruise's um, um, idea, is that... No, I, no I have you, this, know, you know you what happened? He's like, um, the studio was, wasn't happy with the fact that people were, were confused by the first movie. So they wanted a script that was a lot more simple and watered down that could like tap into audience, a broader audience. So they went for like a classic B-grade action movie plot and they were like, this is what we're going to do for this. You know what I love the most about Mission Impossible 2? There's one thing about that movie that I have to admit, I genuinely, genuinely love, like series, series love. 
and that is that filming on that movie ran over schedule, which I was going to say not take the role of the Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so you, Jackman, got the role instead. There we go. Thank you, you Mission Impossible for that one. You got it. mistaken, and that's why. Um, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I do sometimes wonder what a Grey Scott Wolverine would have, no. would have been. No. No. But, uh, no, you don't. Yeah. You know, we, we, got, we got the right guy for the job. Um, yeah, man. Mission Impossible. Whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know Mission Impossible. Because we were talking about the mummy. Look, let's just... I just want to go quickly to the IGN review for uh, The Mummy. So this is interesting, actually, right? So um, IGN started in 1996, um, but I don't think they were reviewing movies for the first couple of years. So there is a review for The Mummy, but it's not of the movie when it released in cinema. It's actually for the DVD release, <laughs> right? So the, the closing chapter says... This one is a buyer, not a renter. It's a fun ride, great for nearly any audience, and the DVD is packed with eye-popping extra feature goodness. Just be careful that you buy the edition you really want. Of course, Patricia Velasquez shows up bigger on the pan and scan version if you own a regular TV. I think this is for the sequel. I'm going to say now. No, no, no. No, she does. She's, she's in the... She's in the, in the, yeah, she's in the first one. She's in the first one. She's um, in the... Beginning bits, but you don't. She, she doesn't get a lot to screen. That actually reminds me of she my. doesn't say anything. That actually reminds me of my favorite anecdote for this. There's a there's a famous clip of it where uh, Arnold Foster tells the story of the first day on set, the very first day on set. Oh they yes, shot, I know. They that. shot the scene where 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 Patricia Velasquez is and looks on a moon when she shows up there, and she's supposed to show up with you know she's all in the all gold, the gold paint, paint, yeah. paint, fishnet stocking outfit with just the gold pasties on her nipples kind of thing. And uh, Arnold Fossil was standing on set, and everyone was like, the director was like, okay, action start, and he's standing all legal, and she's supposed to walk on the set. And Brendan Fraser walked out wearing the same outfit and gold paint. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, like, everyone, <laughs> everyone burst out laughing. And Fossil was like, he was like, serious actor mode, and his dress slips out. <laughs> that's brilliant. Wow, that, there's, that, a that's... It, there's a clip of it. You must see I... Brendan Fraser's face when Arnold Fossil is telling the story. He looks like the most happiest kid in the world, laughing his ass off at the shit. I find it. <laughs> The effort he must have gone because it's not quick to put no, all that. No, it's not. No, he was dedicated. Like that's the kind of thing he was dedicated to the assignment, even behind the scenes. Like, <laughs> Look, ultimately, yeah. I think we can all agree that uh, the mummy is. It's a, a, it's, it's it's easy, it's easy a great, ten out of ten movie. I love that movie. Um, I love and it. I would. I, I will fight anyone who who besmirches the name thereof. <laughs> I, I I really do hope that they can get Brendan Fraser to come back. For one more, I would, I would love that so much. So you can, so we can get a proper like, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor is a spin-off. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's practically, it's practically in another continent. It's in its own multiverse. If you but really then we must, but then we must have, we must have Arnold for Snooker back as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Look the way, the way the second one ends, it does leave the door open. Uh, and of it. course, I mean, it's magic, right? You're just yeah. like, some, <laughs> some cult did something, blah, 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 and they brought him back. And I, I promise you, Arnold Fotsu would definitely do it. Um, it will be so good. Um, but Oaks, let's, let's close this thing off and make our nominations for next week. So there's no particular theme going on. We're just playing out movies that we, that we really want to watch. So obviously, Shamiz is not here today. 
but she did message me. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> voice note? Is it a voice note? No, it's not a voice note, <laughs> It's not a voice note. It was just a simple text message to say what movie she wants. And I mean, I don't think you're still going to be happy. Damn it. I'll save it. I'll save it till the end. Uh, no, say it now so we can <laughs> So we don't waste our good options. So she has, she has requested persuasion. Um, oh, that's the 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 the, the, the Jane Austen, Jane Austen, adaptation. Jane Austen adaptation, which I've heard is bad. Which I've heard is it's, it's bad. really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, and so she asked for that. However, it could have been worse because apparently, people were telling her to nominate. Um, I think it's called oh, La- I know. La- Love at the Villa. Love or at something. the Villa. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. No. And she did, she did seriously consider it, apparently, but she chose kindness over violence today. Well, um, not really. This is, I, like, this is like choosing, do you want to break your legs or break your arms? Like, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> You're not going to win. Persuasion starting, um, what is her name? Um, what is this woman's name from Fifty Shades of Grey? Yes. So we're, watching, we're watching Persuasion next. This week. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're pretty much going to be watching Persuasion. No, man, no, man, no. <laughs> so anyway, I was, I'm, I'm actually re-nominating a movie um, that I chose a while back um, just because I actually really do want to watch it. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, I promise, guys, I'm not choosing violence. Right? I, I, seriously, the, the movie got almost no votes the last time I nominated it, and I think it will be the same. It's the Afrikaans romantic comedy on Showmax called Per Altijd. Uh, <laughs> what votes. is this? Zero votes. <laughs> which, which, Zero votes. Which I, I just feel like it's there's a good movie in there somewhere. Say, you know you want... can watch these movies without us, eh? Yeah, yeah but you then, know you can... <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same, guys. Uh, okay, so anyway. Yeah, what okay. are we going to nominate? Because we don't talk about Zayn's vote. That okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so I was stuck between two, no, but because with everything, with the Queen's passing and everything, I haven't seen this one. So I'm choosing No Time to Die. Oh, right. Really? Yes. You never saw it? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't got it around. I'm, I'm so, so surprised. Yeah, I haven't got it out and it's on you know? Do you know what the big twist is? Yes, I know what the twist is. Oh, okay. I know what, what happens. Oh, we okay. had a whole episode where you discussed. Oh, yes, oh, yes that's right. <laughs> but okay, to, be, to be fair, we did, we, did, yes. we did ask you. We didn't just say. Yeah, no, I'm not phased. But okay, okay, okay. I still want to watch it. But I just thought, like, yeah. That's so weird it. that you haven't, you still haven't seen it. It's so hard. Yeah, just I haven't, I haven't got around to, to watching it. So, okay. no time to die it is. I'm also nominating something that I wanted to watch in cinema and they never got around to watching, which is X, um, the Thai West slasher movie, which is now on Amazon Prime Video. Oh. Yeah, nobody's gonna know. Nobody's voting for that movie. <laughs> I want to nominate. I want the movie to get votes just so that just just so that we can watch Said watch it because I know you don't like the scary stuff, but I... no. But I I have um I have heard of this movie and people have told me it's not actually that scary. Oh, okay. So but still, I, I like I do like a good slasher, and I've had, and the, the whole point is this thing has launched like a whole cinematic universe but, but, thing. Vibe yeah, there's like, a there's a sequel. Uh, yeah, Pearl. Pearl. Yeah, yeah oh, a prequel. A, sorry. And then but a look, uh, just just out. just to clarify, it's not that I don't like scary movies. It's like like so I can watch Nightmare on Elm Street, like like the first one, not not the sequels. Like I can watch that movie and, I, and I'm fine. But like shit, like. Uh, like 
the original, like you know, conjuring, right? That's scary in a different way, <laughs> right? There's, there, like you'll agree with me, right? There's, there's, there's a difference there. And like or insidious, like, or like oh, insidious, yeah. and like the ring, you know, it's like. Yeah, that, that. that's when you okay. start switching on all the lights in the house in the middle of the night. You like what? What you're saying is it's 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 the slow burn. Yeah, that, that's like, the oh, stuff no. I can't deal with. So like, if oh, there's like a movie, there's a monster. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie that's like what? I'm not. I'm what not gets interested. you? You like? Oh no. I had oh, a conversation. No. I had a conversation with JP. What's um, mm, JP? JP, JP Sebastian? Yes. Uh, who does movie reviews for uh, Espresso. Um, and I asked him about the editory. And he said to me, do you, do you like scary movies? So I said, like, I'd rather not watch them if I don't have to. And then he said, you don't need this in your life. Yeah, no. He so was, that's he, what he, he said to me. He cut himself watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that movie will, like, really traumatize you if, you if you're not into... If you're sensitive to other movies, like... That movie will mess you up. But it's, like cool. I said, it's, it's, it's the kind of horror movie. Like yeah. I, it's very it's insidious. Like, I watched it's Insidious over three days. <laughs> but what? Was, no, I'm not even joking. <laughs> I watched Insidious over three days, and the scariest movie I've ever seen, which I did actually watch in a single sitting, which I still it was still the movie that affected me the most, and I still uh, like I thought about it like years after I seen it was Sinister. Um, uh, was, that's Scott Hedden's one. It, yeah, that's a good movie. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was voted the scariest movie of all time. So, and I am probably one of the people <laughs> that voted for it. Because I, I, I know that, that the, was to be the scariest movie I've ever seen. That, that opening was okay. Everything about that movie. But one thing, like, spoiler alert for Sinister. Uh, one thing I do like, I do like a movie where the villain wins. Mm. I love a movie I, where the villain wins. I'll say this. I think horror movies, they thrive when the villain wins because you sit with it and ease afterwards. You're like, no, no, why? Yeah. And so I do, I, and that's like one of the, like I've only seen it the one time. I will never watch it again. Oh, really? Oh, really? Right, Well, look, you're not going to fang me with that because if it gets... I already know what's going to happen. So I can watch it again. <laughs> right? But I would choose not to. Um, okay, okay. But yeah, that, that's the scariest movie I've Voters, seen. I hope you're ready for October <laughs> because... <laughs> I, is <laughs> it playing anywhere? I don't think... I you probably have know. to rent it. But but we'll find it. it anyway. we'll yeah, find but it. renting's not off the table. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the nominations for this week are Persuasion, Shamis. Patel Papathanathio's movie is Persuasion. Um, my pick is for Altet. No one's going to vote for that. <laughs> Shadley as uh, Sonia Kirvin has picked X. No one's going to vote for that. <laughs> I don't think, think most people have even heard of that movie. Um, and then Shadley's picked uh, James Bond 007, No Time to Die. So I think that's, that's I where think the we conversation is. We have to, watch no, have time to, to die. vote for me. Honestly, I think more people are going to pick 007, 007 than... Uh, than, than, than the alternative. Oh. Bra is no longer on the Majesty's Secret Service, Owens. It's his Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, it's on, on his Majesty. Right? <laughs> How weird is that? I just, you know, you, now that you mention it, no? um, look, the next James Bond movie is probably at least three to four years away. Um, yeah. Because, like, look, they still have to, 
Like they still have to cast the guy and whatever. And when whoever it is that they pick comes on screen and like says who he is, whatever, and he is not going to say Her on Her Majesty's Secrets, he's not going to say that. He's and it's, say on His Majesty's Secrets. It's going to be so Man. weird. Gonna, uh, Charles. I think, I think, I think they must just like James Bond should exist in a world where there is only ever a queen. You should I, always be on no, 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 I, I thought about. I actually thought about this. This might this might be fodder for another podcast. But I thought about this the other day. But it would be really cool if they take John James Bond, the new one, set it back a few years. Don't make it modern. Set it back Cold War days. You know, give us an actual espionage villain that we need. Because like, do it back then. I think it might work. To set it apart from anything else. That you know, that's not the worst idea in the world. But they won't do it. They won't do it. I know they, they won't, won't. They won't do it. It's 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 a great no, idea. I mention it actually. I, don't know. I really, really like. Would really, really <laughs> like that. Also, said it in 1978 or whatever, yes. 1983. Even. Yes, just set it back. You don't have to go back to the swinging 60s, um, but you know, 70s, it, 80s. Go yeah. there. Cold War days. Seriously, it's, it was the perfect time period for that type of movie. It was a oh. proper espionage movie. But uh, on a side note, said. Sinister mm. is, is streaming on Amazon Prime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you must be doing. Say this can have a rough October. I'm just I'm just saying I have already seen it, so it's not going to it's not going to kick me in the balls as hard as you think. Anyway, We appreciate every lesson and every time you guys come back. Um, we are so sorry for the big gap, but I mean, you know. Blame is come. Yes, come some massa. Mm. <laughs> See you guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.